Thank you for checking out the Long and Short of It podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and all the other good places you can get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube, on the YouTube channel, The Subtext. Hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to The Long and Short of It, the podcast where we discuss each of the games in the Metacritic Top 100 list. I'm Lawrence and I'm joined by... I'm Dan. Welcome to our humble podcast. How are you doing this week? You alright? Yes, I am good. Um, it's been... Even though I've had a couple of days off this week, so obviously we had bank holiday last week and then I had an extra day off, I feel worn out. I don't know why. Just a bit <laughs> but, burnt uh, out. Yeah. Yeah, just just a bit burnt out, I think. So I'm just carrying on, but uh, I'm looking forward to getting a bit of rest at some point. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I've been weeding my garden this morning, so that's been very fun. Um, All right. Yeah, I absolutely hate gardening, but my my garden is awful, so I thought I should probably do something relatively productive. Um, You're going to plant some potted flowers, are you? No, no, just, just weeds in the bin. And I, I really want to put bleach down, but then it will kill absolutely everything, um, <laughs> including my cat, probably. So I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to get some weed killer at some point, I think. Today we are discussing, it's a, it's a bit of a weird one, so I'm going to explain it for you. But we're discussing Portal. Um, on this list, we have the Orange Box Collection. Now, with the Orange Box Collection, it's broken down into... Is it three or is it four games? It's three, isn't it? It is. Half-Life 2, Half-Life 2 Episode 1, Half-Life 2 Episode 2, Portal, and Team Fortress 2. So technically five, because yeah. they were all separate releases originally. Indeed. So we wanted to tackle the orange box, but we weren't particularly sure how to do it. And anyone that's been listening to this podcast for you know for as long as we've been going... Um, we've mentioned doing Portal 2 a few times, but after we recorded MGS 2, uh, me and Dan decided that it's best, if we're going to be doing numerous titles in a franchise, we should try and start with the first and then just go through as is Chronologically. numbered. Yeah. So we wanted to tackle Portal 1, and what we're going to do with the orange box is we're going to do an episode per game, if that makes sense. So With the exception... Doing- of Team Fortress 2, which will lump in somewhere. Yeah. Um, it just makes it a bit easier for us. And it, I mean, with Half-Life 2, obviously that's a huge game and is considered one of the best of all time. So we kind of want to do our own episode, uh, its own episode for Half-Life 2, same with Portal. And then, like Dan said, with Team Fortress 2, we'll do something with that. Um, and we may end up combining Half-Life 2 Episode 1 and 2 because they're uh, quite a bit shorter than Half-Life 2. So it may make sense to, to, to put those together. So there you but go. But we'll see how things go. Yep, you heard it here first. So we're going to focus on the first game of the Orange Box today, which is Portal. Now, Portal came out in 2007 and is ranked in the Orange Box on our list at number 22. So it's pretty high up there. Um, with a score of 96 so you know in amongst the orange box this is i know when when they brought it out portal was supposed to be just a bit of an add-on that valve decided to to stick on the end of the uh the orange box and it turned out to be one of the best games that valve's released um in terms of um 
fan appreciation for it. And I know with yourself, Dan, this is the first time that you've played this game. Um, so we should start, as we always do, with discussing what platform that we played this on. So where did you play Portal? I played I played the Orange Box version of Portal on my Xbox One X, and there is an X enhancement. I'm th- I think this runs at native 4K. Um, I don't think it runs at 60 frames. But yeah, it, it, it looks nice enough. Um, obviously, the asterisk with this one is that Yes, we've got that rating of 96, but that rating encompasses the whole orange box yeah. rather than Portal on its own. So it's hard it's hard to say where Portal would be on this list on its own because I don't think it was ever released standalone until later. Yeah, I, I think that's the case as well. I mean, I didn't buy the orange box for this review. I just bought Portal on its own, uh, but I bought it off the Microsoft Store and same as Dan, I played this on the Xbox One X. So we both played it on the same console. It does look very good. I mean, this is an old game. Like I said, this came out in 2007. So overall then, from from the start, I suppose, what, what were your thoughts of this game? I really enjoyed it. Um, more than I expected to. I thought it was going to be a bit tedious, but it really wasn't. Um, it's very short. Yeah, I think I completed this final time was two hours and eighteen minutes, uh, so not a long game, and I'd never played it before. So this was with me figuring out various puzzles. But yeah, I thought I really, really enjoyed it, and it's it's it deserves to be within the orange box on the list, in my opinion. Uh, how did you find it? Yeah, I mean, I I've made no secret in the past that I really enjoy Portal 2. Portal 2 is probably in my top 10 games of all time. Um, I think that the Portal games are quality and Valve overall, they don't really make bad games, do they? It's it's always considered that Valve are a pretty good um, team. I mean, another one of their games that I've always loved is uh, Left 4 Dead. I've always thought that those are great. And with Portal... I don't enjoy Portal 1 as much as I enjoy Portal 2. However, I know that this is a much shorter game to complete. And going back to it, I really enjoyed it again. I think I completed it this time a lot quicker than I did when I originally played it. But I think that's probably because I remembered a few of the puzzles and the fact that I'm a bit older and wiser now. Um, which, you know, is arguable. Some might say I'm not wiser, <laughs> but you know, there we go. Um, definitely older. Yes, Definitely. A lot older help. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll start with with the story, I suppose. There isn't too much of a story here, is there? Um, the, the, the main plot, I suppose, is that you are playing as a character called Shell. I think she's called Shell, who is inside a facility called Aperture. And Aperture basically just do testing don't they and it's testing in a very broad sense of the word because they do an awful lot of stuff at aperture i think it's quite similar to what black mesa is in half-life although i've not played half-life so correct me if i'm wrong but they do uh, a a wide range of things there is would you say that's fair to say yeah it's called aperture science Mm. so it's basically a technology company that's experimenting with 
probably things that they shouldn't experiment with. It's a typical sci-fi corporation yeah. that is suggested to be in direct competition with Black Mesa. Um, yeah, it's plot-wise, you never really know what's going on, and that's part of the plot. You kind of wake up in your office and you're taken on a bunch of trials and there's a there's there's the voice of an AI speaking to you called GLaDOS throughout the entire experience providing um I wouldn't say context but providing a bit of narration and also providing um some humor and you eventually overcome GLaDOS. And that's, that's that's really it. It doesn't really go beyond that. But for that two-hour, 18-minute runtime, two-hour, two-hours-and-a-half runtime, that's all it needs, I think. Yeah, it, it isn't a particularly complicated game. Um, some of the puzzles can be head-scratches for a while. The, the, the concept of the game is that you're given a gun um, that can shoot two portals, a blue one and an orange one, and basically wherever you shoot the first one... Um, the location where you shoot the second one, you'll be able to walk through your portal, basically. It's kind of like a teleportation thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. And that's that's basically the, the game. I mean, GLaDOS is um, controlling Aperture. She's an AI who you kind of, at, at the start of the game, you just kind of get the impression that she's there. But as the, the, the story progresses, you get more of an impression that she is a bit of a antagonist i suppose um and she is for want of a better phrase the final boss of the game yeah um and i mean she she shows up in portal 2 as well which is a much longer game but really the whole concept of the game is you're here to test and then when you finished your usages run out i suppose you are then just thrown into a pit of fire however in this case shell decides that that isn't going to happen and she manages to try you know escape the um the route that's been planned out for her by glados and then goes on to destroy glados and escape the facility um in terms of characters you've only really got the two haven't you you've got glados you've got shell did you did you come across um the drawings and stuff of uh, ratman Maybe I don't. I don't know if I knew what it was. If I did, I did have a good look around. Yeah, so I came across some of the um, some of the, the spreadsheets and the writings on the wall drawings. and stuff. Yeah, 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 that's Ratman. Okay, yeah, I did. I do remember the writings on the wall yeah. saying uh, about cake and cake is a lie. Things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, cake is a lie is one of the biggest memes that came from Portal. But Ratman, I think it's um, suggested that he used to work for Aperture, found out what was going on couldn't escape so he just went and lived in the walls and started writing stuff on the wall to help people and then went insane i don't think you ever really find out what happened to him i could be wrong um but yeah that basically sums up the story and the characters you get a few other things here and there you get little bots that will occasionally pop out to shoot you um as minions of glados i suppose who've got their own kind of weird personalities and of course you have the companion cube which doesn't have any character but is always there and is referenced quite a lot through the game it's it's a really weird game to talk about when 
you know we describe it in these means but it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of an odd game to start out with isn't it yeah i mean it's it's so it's so short that it doesn't need to have anything more than it has in terms of plot narrative character development it has exactly what it needs now the arc of the story isn't about any deep character revelations no. the arc of the story is you partaking in these trials then you gradually realizing that something is not quite right here and that glados isn't the friendly voice over the speaker that you first maybe think she is um and then you escaping from the building via back routes so that that's that's it and that's all it needs i think it's it's one of those things it's knowing when valve knew when enough was enough and when too much would have been too much so i think uh, it it really nails the narrative and the characters for this runtime and you don't really need any more and you've got those little tidbits when you when you're running around and you see the uh, references to aperture competing with uh, black mesa it's kind of you know that it's set in the half-life world yeah and you, you get given bits of context and that's all you really need um I mean, it is something that I want to see explored more within the second game. I've never played the second game. But as a complete thing in itself, I think Portal is fine for what it is in terms of that. Yeah, it, it, it's very self-contained, isn't it? And I suppose you could even make the argument that it didn't even need a sequel to to flesh out a bit. I'm glad that they did make a sequel. And like I said earlier, it's one of my favourite games ever, Portal 2. But it, did, it didn't need to happen, did it? It was very much the case nah. that Portal 1 could be very self-contained it's a two-hour journey and that's all it needed to be and that's all it is yeah and 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 i'm a fan of the tone and the feel of the game and although it's set in the half-life world it's it's taken from a different perspective so anything that fleshes that out and gives you more insight to the world beyond half-life i'm a fan of so i'm i'm really looking forward to the second game after playing this first one um, perhaps we should try, try to explain more so how the portal system works because it is a complicated thing when you try to describe it and it is where all the puzzles hearken from. Um, so I'll try, I'll try my best to explain it. Say, say you've got, <laughs> so say if you've got a left side of a room and you've got a right side of a room and you've got your portal gun. With your portal gun, you can fire a blue portal and an orange portal. Now, say there is some kind of divide between the left and the right side of the room. It could be a pit with acid in. So you fire your blue portal to the wall on the left side uh, where you are currently standing, and you fire your orange portal to the other side, to the right side, and you can now enter through the portal on the left side and you'll come out of the portal on the right side having bypassed that pit of acid in the middle. That's an example. Um, now, the game, what it does is it really cleverly plays with this idea, this very, very simple concept, and it really pushes it quite far in different ways and throws in various spanners in the works too. physics, etc. as well. Yeah, and then you've got things like um, verticality that's played with. Um, you've got that really 
that cool trick where you fire a portal at your level, you fire a portal at some height, and then you go through the portal, you come out at some height, you're falling, then you have to very quickly fire another portal and fall through that, and then you gain momentum so you can get thrown further. If you're watching the video version, you'll see examples of all these things. But uh, yeah, it can be quite difficult to explain, but it's a lot of fun. And it's built on a really solid set of principles, and they really explore those in the way that the old school Mario games did. They take a concept and they just build and build and build on it. This is what's going on here, and it's really clever stuff. Yeah, it's it's basically a simple uh, a simple concept that is can, can be difficult when it's laid out in a, a difficult puzzle or whatever. But it's it's a very simple concept that's just been tightened and tested uh, i suppose by the dev team to make it a really solid experience that you know that that there aren't too many things wrong with the concept of it because it's just so simple and it works do you know what i mean yeah and each trial is basically a room or a large room and you have to complete a challenge within that room and you move on to the next room the difficulty comes from how complicated some of these rooms are. So some of these rooms will be a large room which is split into several smaller rooms with corridors between them and you then have to work out how to navigate the corridors using your portal gun. Um, now, as you said, it is a polished concept but there are a few, I think, sticking points yeah, that hopefully perfect. will be ironed out. Yeah, and, and I'm hoping that they'll be ironed out in the sequel when we play it. Um, I don't know about you, and it could be, It's like I said, I'm pretty sure it was running at 30 frames per second here. Um, the controls are a bit heavy, a bit stiff sometimes. Yeah. So, especially when you're doing some of the momentum stuff, it can be a bit finicky and you can miss your mark sometimes. Um, so I hope there's a bit more fluidity in the controls. It feels like the gameplay of Half-Life 2 transported into a different setting taking away obviously all the guns and the grenades and uh all that stuff of half-life 2 does it run on the same engine exactly the same engine yeah, yeah source engine yeah so uh, and 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 that's another that's another thing that we'll get to as well so and, and there's i don't know if you noticed this as well so later on they introduce fail states like i said the acid acid pit you yeah, could fall yeah. into the acid and yeah you get death you get game over and you start again from your checkpoint now there's other things as well. There's the turrets that you mentioned. Um, if they if they shoot you for too long, they can cause you to die as well. Now, when the between you dying and the game reloading, there's quite a long pause, and sometimes you have to trigger the reload yourself by actually shifting the analog yes, stick. Yeah. yeah, and it's just not very fluid in a game which I think is at its best when you're just experimenting really easily, really fluidly, which is why I'm bringing up these things. These are very, very minor quirks. Like I say, the controls being heavy and this delay between death and uh, reloading your game. Yeah, it's not perfect. But, no, but these are, the, these are the fluidity things that I think would really benefit the game. Um, now, as we said, it does run within the Source engine and to me, it still feels very much like a Half-Life 2 mod rather than its own unique thing. And what did you think about that? Now, I might be wrong here, but 
I have a feeling that with um, with Portal, I think, and I'll have to double check this, and if I'm wrong, people, you know, let me know in the comments, but I have a feeling that Portal was originally put together as a mod for Half-Life 2 um, by a group of students, and basically they had a, like a, a, a day out to... Um, to Valve, is the entire company called Valve or is it Steam? No, Steam's just the Steam's the uh, distribution it? service. Yeah. yeah for... So I believe that these students um, went on a day out, like a, a field trip or whatever it was, to Valve, and they met a lot of the dev team, including Gabe Newell. And I think they showed him the concept of what they'd made with Portal through the Half Life Two um, engine. And he basically offered them jobs there on the spot to go and work for uh, Valve uh, to basically complete this concept, which was originally put what became Portal. I think that's how it came about. So with what you're saying there, if I am correct, and I think I am, it would make sense that this does feel like a mod because it basically is. Yeah, I know that there are numerous examples of not just with Half-Life 2. Now... What Valve did was they kind of opened opened up the engines of Half Life yeah. and Half Life Two for people to start modding and experimenting. Garry's mod and, and some of those things. Yeah, exactly. And some of those, some of those, um, some of those experiments, exactly what you just described did happen. There were several for Half Life, the original Half Life, uh, that independent developers started working on. They created something with. Then Valve employed them. Yeah, bought the concepts and then sold the concept to uh, to the public, basically. So it wouldn't surprise me in the least if that was what happened here. It it still feels aesthetically like a Half Life Two mod, and I think this is the problem with many Half Life Two mods. They they often do look and feel like Half Life Two still. Now you often get games like um, Dear Esther, which was originally a Half-Life 2 mod and then it was transported into its own engine and made a proper game out of uh, a very enjoyable game. Yeah, Stanley... And and I was going to mention the Stanley Parable later because that game to me feels a lot like uh, Portal in terms of themes. Yeah. Um, So it has the look of Half-Life 2 still, but it does have this unique aesthetic in that it has the Portal gun and the blue and the orange and they're very, very synonymous with Portal. Um, but you said to me when, when we were talking about this game, uh, during the week, you said that your favorite bits were when you kind of escape the trials and you're trying to escape the building and aesthetically, yeah, they're my favorite bits as well. Seeing these back rooms that you're not supposed to see of this building as you try and escape. And that's the bit I want to see expanded. I want to see the world beyond the clinical white rooms <laughs> of the trials. Yeah, that, 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 don't worry. There's a lot of that in Portal 2. Obviously, good stuff. Portal 2 is a much bigger game than the original Portal. Um, and a lot of aperture science is explored in Portal 2, particularly um, the history of aperture and how it came to be what it is now. So you explore a lot of those kind of areas that are a lot bigger as well than they are in Portal because in Portal they're just like small rooms and corridors aren't they where maybe there's some machinery going whereas in Portal 2 you're 
thrown into massive, huge warehouses um, that have the same aesthetic as the areas that you're escaping from at the end of Portal. So that will definitely be explored a lot more in Portal 2, which I think, from what you've said as well, is what you wanted more of. Yeah, um, like you said, you get very simplistic environments in Portal with not a lot of set dressing, and the set dressing that is there are clearly models that are reused from Half-Life 2. Um, I mean, what I would like to see even more so than that is I would like to see taking the portal gun outside and using it in very inventive ways outside because by opening up to an exterior location, you've got a completely different organic setting uh, without these flat walls. There's, and it'd be really interesting to see what they do with that. There's, there's some of that in Portal 2 as well. Um and I mean, when when we do come to cover that game, we'll go over it in a lot more detail, obviously. Yeah. Um, but it is the whole concept that you can use like moon rock in Portal Two as something to put your portals on, and it's put down into a gel that can be shot places. If that makes sense, it's it's a really weird concept. Um, but I mean, when when we when we get to that game, I'm really looking forward to it, especially because I think one of the standout points of Portal is Glados. Like Glados is a great character. She gets fleshed out a lot more in Portal Two, but as well as that, you also have the character of Wheatley in Portal Two, who's Steve voiced Merchant. by Steve Merchant. And it's just you can't tell that it's Steve Merchant putting on a character. It's just Steve Merchant doing a voice, and it's fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, hear, hearing all of these very futuristic robotic voices and then you just hear Steve Merchant's Bristol accent coming out of a robot's quality. Um, We've touched on the puzzles a little bit and I I think this is one of the only, if not one of the few puzzle genres on this game. Obviously you've got um, games like Grim Fandango which is like adventure puzzle, isn't it? Whereas this is just straight up puzzle game. And yeah, I don't think there are very many others on this list that cover that, are there? I think you're going to find that there are more than you think. Um, so you've got Grim Fandango, which is an adventure game. Yeah. So yeah, it's not a puzzle game. But things like World of Goo and all those other smaller, shorter experiences, a lot of them are puzzle games. Um, so I think we're going to get going to have our fair share of them by the time we've run through the list. Well, the, the puzzle genre, I always find... Um, quite interesting because a lot of the time you find that these kind of games are made by indie studios Um, um, do do you remember when we watched uh, Indie Game the Movie a few years ago yeah you've got games like um, Fez that was put together by um, Phil Fish you've got games like Super Meat Boy Braid which is on the list as well I suppose but Braid's more of a platformer platformer puzzle uh, like you say, World of Goo as well. And I think that puzzle games are always really interesting to play because a lot of the time they're not put together by big AAA companies. They're put together by small teams who have a lot more freedom with what they do. Not so much financial freedom, but I always find they're a lot more creative. I mean, you look at games like Fez. That's such an interesting concept. And I feel the same with with Portal because obviously it was put together by a group of people that just modded a game that already existed you know what i mean yeah uh it's it's that thing with with necessity comes invention yeah when your resources aren't massive 
you have to you have to invent and that's what we're seeing here i think puzzle games can be hit and miss but i mm. thought the puzzle games really hit the sweet spot in portal because they weren't too frustrating they were always achievable there was nothing illogical about them and there are some little signposts on the floor if you ever do get stuck which give you kind of um an idea of of how you're supposed to proceed it's good stuff um probably the, the final thing that i really want to talk about i don't know about you you might have a couple more areas but it is a sci-fi game half-life 2 is also a sci-fi game now, with science fiction stories in general, you kind of tend to get two perspectives. You get the perspective from the head of a big corporation, a big science fiction corporation, or you get the, the perspective from the opposition of a big corporation. But you never get to see what it's like to be just a worker bee within that uh, large organisation, um, helping to keep that organisation functioning. So this is kind of what you get in Portal, and you also get in the Stanley Parable. You're this, I suppose, instrument... You're a nobody. ...that's helping things to... Yeah, helping things to run smoothly, and you moment. get to see the mundane offices that, that yeah. you never see in these large corporations. And you get to see how, yeah, how the middleman deals with things and I always find that a really interesting concept it's very it's I think it's a bit nihilistic because you've got this you've got these middlemen and obviously a lot of people work in offices in our world and an office worker in our world compared to an office worker working for these large sci-fi corporations they're the same and it's kind of a bit hopeless isn't it it's a bit of a a bit of hopelessness there and i just find it really interesting that it explores this because yeah. not many not many places do well there's um there's another game that i'm not sure if um if you'll have come across it came out about 5 years ago um it's called Visera cleanup detail have you heard of it i've heard of it yeah and it's basically exactly what you you're just playing as an everyman and i think the concept of the game is that you're in like an office block or something like that and a huge shootout's happened in a video game and you're going in as the person that has to clean it up and it's just yeah. a monotonous job of mopping, fixing stuff and that's the game. And you find more games are coming out, especially over the past five years, like simulators, driving simulator, bus simulator, farming simulator where you're just you'd be surprised though they've been around for a long long time on pc oh yeah like flight simulator etc as well you know yeah they're, they're old games and i feel over the last few years they've become more mainstream i don't know if you'd agree yeah um i mean i'm thinking of things like papers please yes um that that idea of <laughs> this very authoritarian border control oh, where you're tr yeah, where you're trying to, where you're trying to, um, trying to get people to or wrap people out who are uh, shouldn't be there, and they're very nihilistic game games that kind of try to reflect on society. Now, I mean, we could probably discuss this more at length. But um, I don't think I've thought about it enough to discuss it more at length. But it's definitely a really interesting topic. 
that I I love to see in games. I I find it fascinating, and it's a bit different. Yeah, that theme of it's it's a science fiction fiction theme, but it's it just works really well, and it makes such a refreshing change from the epic sci-fi of good versus evil <laughs> because yeah. it's just so it's just so mundane and that's it it's the mundaneness of it all yeah i mean th- th- there's a game for everything now isn't there really i mean t- talking of simulators there's a game called i am bread where you're just a piece of bread that wants to get toasted you know we're, yeah. we're at that level of stuff now and I, I really enjoy stuff like that. The same as you. I think they're cool. I think they're novel concepts. It's not the kind of thing that will hold your um, your attention for, you know, 40 hours, like some of the massive sprawling epics that, you know, AAA publishers will release. But they're, they're nice little experiences, is what I'd call them, I suppose. Um, yeah. And they've always got a lot of heart in them. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of... There's a book called The Trial by Franz Kafka. And in the trial, a man wakes up and he's arrested and he's put on trial. And the whole story is about why he's put on trial. He's always asking what he's done and no one will ever tell him what he's done. So for the whole story, we never ever find out what he's done to be put on trial. And... There's just something of those themes within these games of having these large corporations that know more than you do. And that's part of what makes Portal special. So although it doesn't have this very elaborate plot, it doesn't need it. Yeah. Because you don't need to know it because you are that middleman in that mundane position. You don't need to know what the aims of this company are. You just need to do what you need to do, which is to be the worker bee. You come in and you do the work. You come in and you do the work. <laughs> um, I think the last thing that I really want to touch on, as is usually the case that we touch on last, is the music. I really like the music from Portal 1 and Portal 2. And it's explored a lot more in Portal 2, as most of the themes that we've covered are. Um, however, there are playlists on Spotify of the music of Portal and Portal 2. And they're just very easy listening. It's kind of like, I don't know how to explain it, like electronica, but very chill music. Uh, would, I don't know. Can you can you explain the music any better than I can? Joe, I, 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 I knew music was going to come up, but I don't remember the music in Portal 1 at all. Most of the time it's quiet and maybe there's a few snapshots of music. Mm. There's the end music as well. Um, oh, the last but song's the most still alive. Part, yeah, and and I I don't remember a lot of the music in there, so I wouldn't be able to accurately describe it because, uh, maybe maybe I'll be able to do it better with Portal Two, but um, yeah, yeah I, I don't apart from the end theme, which I enjoyed. I don't have much of a, an opinion about the music. Okay, that's fair enough. It it it's not, it, it's a soundtrack that isn't always there. Um, it will just pop up here and there, um, but I would you know suggest to anyone that is slightly interested in the concept of what the music is in portal to just check it out if you just go on spotify or youtube and put in portal soundtrack um like dan said there's a really good song at the end which is sung by glados uh, the song's called still alive which is quality um but the overall soundtrack for this game is brilliant and i highly recommend it it's one of those things that you can just listen to while you work 
it, 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 you don't have to think about it too much, but it's very enjoyable. Um, but yeah, I mean, we knew that this episode was going to be a shorter one as well, a bit like Burnout. It, that there's only so much we can discuss with this game, I suppose, without getting massively off topic, which we're very good at doing anyway. Um, Pros. Absolutely. But I suppose that covers Portal. Um in terms of final thoughts, what what would you say about this game being on the list? Obviously, we know that it's encompassed in the orange box as a whole anyway, but give give us your final thoughts on it, I suppose. So to me, this is the sweet... This is the sweetening of the pot within orange box. Obviously, you've got Half-Life 2, you've got Half-Life 2 Episode 1, Half-Life 2 Episode 2. Half-Life 2 being the most renowned of those games. Yeah. And I remember, because I bought Orange Box at the time, I remember critics were talking about the Orange Box and all of them mentioned Portal. All of them said it was the real kind of secret hidden gem within within the, the products that people should keep an eye on. Because people knew, I mean, I suppose Half-Life 2 is a known commodity, whereas Portal was unknown at that time. So... They might have gone in to play Half-Life 2 in this very convenient package, but people came away talking about Portal. And I think you could definitely make the argument that the the two the one-two punch of Half-Life 2 and Portal gets the orange box into this list. And I think it gives almost as much probably as Half-Life 2 does towards being on this list. Uh, it's, a, it's a really cool little game it's a great way to spend two hours and i've also got to throw some praise towards that final boss which is really intelligent and just different from any other final boss i've ever done um it's a really nice little game that i i can't wait to see what they do in the second game to expand this world i'm in <laughs> i couldn't give it any more praise than that yeah, that's that's very high praise coming from you, to be fair. And um, yeah. I know after you finished playing it, you said you really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that you did, because I had a feeling that you would. Um, they're, 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 they're weird games in terms of concept, especially when you don't know much about them. But I think once you play them, you, you really kind of walk away. You don't feel like you've you know done a huge epic, like I said. But it, like you say, it's, it's a very good way to spend two and a half, three hours um, I mean, in in terms of my opinion, as I said at the start, I, I've always loved Portal and Portal 2 in particular. I, I can't say whether or not this game deserves to be on the list because it comes in the the box, the box of orange, the orange box. Um, so I suppose I'll have to give my verdict on that once we've covered the orange box in its entirety. And I imagine the games in the orange box will be dotted around as we make progress with this top 100 list. Um, but, I mean, same as Dan. I really enjoyed going back to this game. It's a short little thing, but it's enjoyable. And as long as you don't go in expecting it to be the greatest experience of your life, just go in willing to be surprised. I think that you'll quite enjoy this game if you're, you know, you're into single-player puzzles. Um yeah, I, I guess that's all I've got to say about it. It's just a very enjoyable little game, and you should give it a go if you're interested. Yeah, and and I just want to I just want to cap things off. I mean, I've played every game within the Orange Box apart from Team Fortress Two, 
And the thing that makes the orange box special is that it's filled with great games. I mean, Half-Life 2 is really good. And Half-Life 2 Episode 1 is probably a bit less good, but more of a focus on character. And Half-Life 2 Episode 2 is almost as good as Half-Life 2. And then you've got Portal. Um, so it's, it's really hard to break things down. But I suppose how we cap this off is if... If, if if Portal, when it was released, was a standalone release, do you think it would be in this top 100 list? Ooh. You know what? I would say yes for me, but because because Portal came out after the Orange Box anyway, it, it, it's its own release now, but it isn't in this list. So maybe not, but maybe that's because it came out after you know a lot of this list had been compiled and aggregate scores were what they were so maybe but i don't know that's a really hard question i don't know how to answer that what what do you think i think um because it was released standalone afterwards it wasn't reviewed when it was released standalone yeah true it wasn't reviewed as a separate product so it was never going to be on the list as the standalone product mm. And I think when you look at some of the other experimental games on the list, there's a good chance that it would be there. Um, and as you said, Valve's games, generally speaking, are very critically acclaimed. So I think there's a very good chance that it would be there. The fact that Portal 2's there says yeah. very strong things about the first Portal game. And I, I would agree with you as my final thoughts that... The best way to go into this game is to go in with no expectations. Um, that's how critics went into this game back in the day. That's how I, having not played it, this for the longest time, um, that's kind of how I went into this game and coming out really enjoying it. So that's probably the best way to go into it, expecting uh, with no expectations and then see what you come away with. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good game. Good. Well, that covers Portal then. So, to be honest, me and Dan record these episodes, um, you know, sometimes weeks in advance, sometimes on the same day that we release them. At the moment, I'm, I, I can't remember what game we're doing next. Please, please remind us. So, the next game to be covered after this is going to be Red Dead Redemption 2. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, we're both currently playing through that at the moment. It's taking us a while because it's a very big game. Um, so we'll be recording that in... I mean, this is just for our benefit, really. We'll be recording that in two weeks' time. Yeah. And then after that, we've got our shortlist of games that we're also going to be covering. So yeah, next is going to be Red Dead Redemption 2 after the release of this episode. But before the release of this episode, you'll also find that we've released another bunch of videos that we haven't released yet, but... Just to confuse you all. Yes. So look look out for Red Dead Redemption 2. As usual, if you do want to contact us, the socials are the same as they always are. So you can email us at the long and short of it podcast at hotmail.com. You can tweet us at the long short of. And you can also find us on Facebook. Um, we're just the long and short of it podcast on there. Um, just pop us in the search bar and hopefully we'll pop up give us a like we're trying to get um a bit more in terms of um social media backing i suppose because it means more people can find us but yeah 
anything else from you? Just trying to build the audience. So yeah. any any way that you can help us build the audience, we would obviously really appreciate. Share it with your friends. Um, any suggestions to help us build the audience, we are, we will take on board. Um, in terms of getting in touch, it's all in the description below. So have a look in there in the podcast, in the video, and you will find all the ways that you can get in touch with us. Indeed. And yeah, that's that's it from me. Cool. Well, um, yeah, enjoyed this one. So we shall see you next time for Red Dead Redemption 2, which I imagine will be a relatively lengthy episode. So, yeah, thank you for listening. And we'll see you, speak to you, hear you, contact you in your ears next time. Goodbye. See you on the next one.